0: Welcome back to the That's My Dad podcast. We're here with Renee Zerain. Well done. All well right. Done. <laughs> I yeah, got it. Never the first time. <laughs> man, that's cool. <laughs> Renee Zerain. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate you coming in, man.
1: Man, I appreciate being here. It's, it's wonderful.
0: Tell me about your family. I, you know, this first time we met, and I got on Facebook and checked you out before mm-hmm. we invited you, but you got you had an interesting uh, The way your family came about is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have um, four children with one on the way, so five kids. Uh, Thirty-three, been married ten years. I um, have two boys that are fifteen and fourteen, Alanis and Jerry, and then I have a daughter who is six, about to be seven, a son that's about to be four, and then a baby that'll be here any day now.
0: You've been married how many years?
1: Ten, decade. This year.
0: So, so the math ain't adding up. Yeah, I had a I had a <laughs> I have a, a buddy of mine
1: who's a who's a minister when I was young and preaching and right after uh, those things happened and the boys were both five, which I'll talk about in a second. He was he was introducing me to preach at his church for the first time ever, and his whole introduction was, "This is Renee. He's been married for a year, and he has two five year olds." And then he just walked off the stage. <laughs> um,
0: I had six. I was married six months and had five kids. No
1: kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, my bad. I got, bad I got <laughs> married
0: twice. I've been married <laughs> twice to the same woman. We had to get married on July 16th. I had to drag her across the border and get married again on August 1st. <laughs> is that right? And then we took six kids. In. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Man, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, so it's, so some similarities. Um, basically, my wife and I got married in August of that year. I, I had just got out of college. You know, we were young and dumb and broke and, and uh, having a blast. And uh, she used to actually li- live in Troy where we went to school, and so we we lived separately uh, while we were married for the first six months or so, and we'd see each other on the weekends. She'd come home or I'd go there. And then um, that February, so about seven months after we got married, we went to a funeral of, of a family member of hers that... Um, that I, I had met once or twice, uh, and this, the story was that there was, this was this woman who uh, was in a family and had a couple of sons who were four at the time, four and five, and she was the caregiver for the sons because their father, her husband, had had cancer for many years and had come to the point where he um, was the shell of what he used to be and was on his deathbed, and, and everyone kind of knew that, and um, so w- the first time I met my oldest boys now, where they were sitting on the lap of their dad at the front of the funeral home, and I just mentioned to my wife that we should mention that we could help with things if he needed help and, and so we told her mom that and uh, just the, the next day we got a call from their father uh, letting us know that he, he wasn't going to be able to take care of them and get them to school and those things and so we um, talked to him and figured out and, and and took custody of the boys and brought them back with us to Glencoe and uh, to here in, in Gaz and got them in school and, and just took them back to see their dad as many opportunities we had every Saturday we'd go see them and and that lasted for a few months until uh, that June he passed away. Their father did, so they had lost both their parents in a few months. And um, we ended up deciding through a lot of conversations to uh, to adopt the boys and, and and to make them our own. And the, and the reason for that is 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 nothing more than um, God's grace and His adoption of us and our feeling called to do the same thing for these boys that God had done for us. And it wasn't uh, it was total incompetence on our part more on my part than my <laughs> wife's part. It was me having to get over a lot of selfishness that my wife didn't seem to have. She was further sanctified than me in that department. Um, but it, of course, as so often is the case, it, it was the best thing that could have happened to us that has happened to us since is those boys yeah. making us making us parents. And, um, you know, uh, Jordan Peterson says often that that it's, it's possible, but it's very hard for someone to become adult before they get married or have children. And um, that was... Certainly true of us. We were we were yeah. forced to grow up quickly and forced to lean on the Lord, uh, much m- much more heavily than we than we had before. And uh, it was a daunting and burdensome and incredibly wonderful experience. Which is which is a mirror of fatherhood. Very often it's the case. It's it's yeah. burdensome and daunting, but there's nothing like it. It's wonderful.
0: Yeah. So that's a great way to have a family.
1: It is. Yeah. And 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 so often today, you know, you have those sort of. Uh, you're familiar, of course, with these kind of non-conventional families, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have two biological children now and a third one on the way, and, and you can honestly say in every way that there's no difference to us between the boys and the, and the younger ones, and, and we, we feel the same way emotionally about them. We feel as connected mm-hmm. to them as if they were our own blood. There's no difference at all, and, and, and even the special thing where, and I remind them of this all the time, that this, the story of our adoption in Christ and our Christian adoption is is beautiful in that God has chosen us and that there's a special thing with my youngest two or my youngest three that, that they kind of look like me, you know, and that's that's mm-hmm. kind of cool, and like my wife, and they have the same blood as us and some of the same talents. But there's also something special about them as my adopted children that the, other, the younger two don't have, where they don't have my looks, but the younger two don't have this reality that, that they were actually and fully chosen by me right. when, when they didn't have to be. That uh, my wife and I, when we didn't have to choose them, chose them anyway, and um, that we didn't have that same kind of choice with our biological children. Uh they're wonderful of course, which is great. But there's this special thing that comes with adoption that's often missed, um, that is that is unique to not even just adoption, but uh, this this non kind of normal way of having children that is um that is beautiful and that I think we, we should elevate more that uh, the same way that God has chosen us, that we have chosen our two oldest boys and that they should feel yeah. They yeah. should feel special in a particular way, in a way that, you know, my even my biological children can't
0: yeah I've worked with several kids who were adopted, and that that was the thing you got to remember right hey, somebody picked you no doubt with me they got what they got because yeah. you know something happened here <laughs> <Right>. I was right <laughs> you know right. somebody went and found you absolutely yeah it is a good analogy of how God comes to find us and adopts us as his own and see us as no any doubt. different yeah. it's
1: it's a wonderful thing and i and I don't think it's um a chance that at the time of our lives my wife and I were really growing in our faith and and our knowledge of god and and we're just really starting to understand what it means that we're adopted by God and the beauty of that, that, that God had called us to the same thing. And and it's it seemed impossible for us at the time to to say no to that and yeah. ended up being wonderful.
0: So what was your childhood like?
1: It was great. It was great. And um my, my parents were, are still to this day. Uh they they live close to me and are with me all the time. They were um they're wonderful. My my mom is the, the most generous person I've ever met to a fault. She's she's one of those people that will do you a, gr- a great big favor and then convince you you're doing her a favor by letting you do it. Yeah. And, uh, and my, my dad is, is a wonderful man as well. D- my dad was, was really a new Christian when they got married. And, uh, so in a lot of ways we, we kind of grew in faith together, but always, always a good home. I have a younger brother named Caleb and, uh, we're, we're very close and, uh, throughout our lives growing up, there were times where we would have foster children our parents would bring in foster children and, really? and got really close to adopting on a few occasions, um, and so obviously that I'm sure that played a role in my, in my heart and desire for those things that God was setting up for us in the future of of adopting kids of our own. Yeah. But always overwhelmingly generous and welcoming and, uh, just the most sacrificial people I've ever met, always sacrificing for others, um, could have, could have a lot more money and financial stability now than they Mm -hmm. do because they gave so much of it away and, um, gave so much of themselves to others. And, uh, obviously played a big role in me in yeah, that regard. So
0: that's influenced you and how and, and how you're teaching your kids and parenting and your attitudes Yeah, everything. Absolutely. Do you know anything about generationally like grandparents or is this something that's passed on generationally
1: or yeah, the, the you come about the adoption thing or the bring No, bringing no
0: you're with your your mom and dad being such oh yeah. Wonderful parents Yeah. Is that a generational thing or is at some point people say, Hey, I gotta <laughs> gotta make this happen
1: yeah, I I, th- I think I think in my case it's probably more generational, and that and that both sets of my grandparents were involved, um, were were married at least through their childhoods and in, involved in my life when I was young. And uh, my my grandmother on my dad's side is still very involved. My grandfather on that side has passed away, uh, but my my mother's parents are were had their children very young, and so they're still very young, and they know my kids and. And so there is this kind of this kind of legacy of love, which is a which is a biblical thing as well, that, that there's yeah. there's this there's a truth to whenever that couple does say, Okay, we're gonna be different, that there does tend to be a more healthy following yeah. from those from those parents, which but, is a But you've cool spent thing. a
0: lot of time, you're you're used to coach. You're not coaching at the moment, That's correct. right? Yeah. But you used to be a football coach. Yeah. And you've you've worked with kids from difficult places, yeah. kids who didn't grow up without a dad. Yeah, for sure. What are some of the things you think they struggle with that you found in, in working with them?
1: yeah uh, uh similar to my, my adopted boys one of the big differences i've I've seen in my adopted children and my biological children and a, a lot of that being that uh what we didn't have our adopted boys in their first five years in those formative years but one of the things that's been more difficult with them than it has been for the biological children is convincing them fully that I am on their side convincing mm-hmm. them fully that they are loved that there's nothing that they could do to to, to be out of that love. Mm-hmm. And that, and that we really are proud of them and and overwhelmingly thankful that they're ours. The 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 younger two as they're growing up and that don't know anything else, they've always been loved by us. They mm-hmm. they don't have a just like I did growing up. I, I didn't have a category for not being loved by my parents. That didn't make any sense to me or even by uh people around us. But there's this difficulty with those children who have had a tougher beginning in life especially. At least in my experience of, of really being convinced that you're for them. And um, that, that, you're, that you don't have some ulterior motive that you're hiding, but that you're mm. being honest and genuine and, uh, and honestly loving them and care for them, caring for their good. And, and so that's a, that's a big task um, for all those who, who know and, and God has placed around people like that and children like that to make sure that they are, are known that they loved. And, and, and for those young men who are um, dealing with those feelings of unsurety, the call being to, to be aware of the fact that there really are people who are, who are genuine and And really do love you, and that even if it hasn't been the case for you in the past and even if you started with people that didn't love you genuinely, that that doesn't mean that there aren't people that really are like that that's really mm-hmm. true that there really are men and women out there that care for you like that, and really are men and women that care for you for your on your for your own sake and nothing for themselves that so those you can take exist. your guard
0: down a little bit see i think kids- that's kids it. who grew up in difficult places foster care um Children's homes and so forth—they always kind of have a, a little tendency to have their guard up, absolutely, because they're they're not real sure about the security of their surroundings.
1: Right, right. And it just comes—it's—it's—it's you know, it's, it's the safety net they've put up to keep themselves from feeling the same pain they felt before, mm-hmm. and and that comes in a lot of ways. But so often, that's that's kind of the good and natural result of facing those traumati- traumatic things is this is what I did last time, and and this is what happened, so I can't do that again. And so, like you're saying, very often they have these these. Calluses on their hearts that um, take take a long time and a lot of patience on the on the part of their fathers or the father figures to um, to really be convinced that they can again be soft and be tender and be vulnerable.
0: So your advice to them would be to hey there there are people out there that are genuine. Yeah, believe it. You do have to you do have to be careful because no doubt there no are doubt. people that will take advantage of kids. Absolutely. Too. Let me ask you what what do you think your dad did in raising you that really. Is right. How did what, what what did he do right?
1: Most things he did right. Uh, fortunately, um, my dad was still is very smart and, and very intellectual man, and and so consequently he had some he had some important jobs that required a lot of him, and yet somehow, despite the fact that he was traveling often and was called to work a lot of hours, he he just all he was just always there. And um, like he, he coached my ball teams all the way up, right? Even though he didn't love baseball that much, but he he, he found a way to coach. And, and it's it's astonishing to me still. I I don't really understand how he pulled that off. I remember him like leaving practices or games and going back to work until late at night. But he but he he found this way to just be there for me and for my brother and be able to do those things like being a a coach of our. Uh, sports teams and um, and was just always overjoyed when I know he was dealing with burdens that I didn't even know about and carrying a heavy weight was always overjoyed to be with us. And all the boys that were on the team loved him. Uh, all the kids in the in the Atlanta baseball park wanted to be on Coach Z's team because because whenever they saw him, he would light up at them and they would light up in response. And there was a man that obviously loved them and cared for them. and And so many of them the same way didn't have fathers and he became like their father figure that they stayed connected with for years and years to come and many he still talks to. And um, he he was the coach that just made sure everyone knew that, that they were loved by him, and that extended, of course, to his parenting as well. Uh, there were, I mean, I made I made lots of mistakes as a kid, as all kids do, um, and, I, and I knew he had high standards for me, and I knew discipline would be carried out. But I, but I was never, I, I'm not I'm not even all that sure how I put it off. But I, I was never unsure that he loved me and that he was proud of me. Those things were always clear. Is
0: there any particular Incident that happened with your dad through the years that just really sticks out in your mind is something that made a big impression on you?
1: Oh, um, probably the biggest probably the biggest things are tied to that, to him spending so much time with us and the years they spent fostering children, which I, I mentioned in passing, but there was a period of time where I was eight, my brother was seven, and they had a six-year-old, a five-year-old, and a four-year-old boy, and then they had an infant baby girl and w- all those things when they didn't have to. And um most of those occasions just telling the fostering fostering agency that if they if they needed somebody they would do it and so getting a call and that night unaware, right. you know, being brought into children. And so obviously that's had a big impact on me and, and the willingness to um to love children who are not my own, which I, I know you were passionate about. And uh and not just not even just to love them, but to make them mine and to make them part of my family the way that God has done for me and all those moments of his of his sacrifice. And, you know, I, I think <laughs> I was convinced as like an eight year old boy that my parents dream job was watching me play baseball in the afternoons you know? <laughs> and, and taking me to practice and taking me to games. And like, I, honestly, and I was probably 18. I mean, maybe, maybe not that old, but probably so before I realized that, you know, they, they may have enjoyed other things more than going to my practices yeah, in the afternoons. I can tell you that. And the sacrifices of that, that they made, you know, as, as children, we get older, we realize those things, but um, as you have your own children, you, you really start to realize the sacrifice that parenting is, that, that uh, there's almost synonyms to say that a parent is, is one that sacrifices. And, um, and the truth is that, and we see that biblically that, a, that a husband is defined as one who is to give up himself for his wife, to to give up himself, this, this utter sacrifice for the sake of the one that he is with. My, my dad was always that way for for my wife and for us and for everyone around us. And, uh, I want to be uh, the, the kind of man. I hope that I have been for my kids, and and want to continue to be, and want to encourage young men to be the kind of men that live lives of sacrifice. Tell me something that
0: you think fathers are prone to make mistakes. Some of the what are some of the things we mess up with?
1: Yeah. Uh, thankfully, my my oldest two aren't here. They could give you a long list of all of my mistakes over the years. Uh, pr- probably the biggest mistake I made, uh, and. I, I still make plenty, but the biggest mistake I made early and I think a very common one for fathers is I think we had this idea that we are supposed to present to our children that we don't make a lot of mistakes, you know, that we kind of got it all together and that, so for instance, when I was younger and I would have a particular situation, maybe one of the boys got in trouble and I didn't handle it all that well. And, and very often my wife, who was wonderful, would gracefully and gently point out that I probably could have handled it better. I, I would just kind of double down and I, I don't want them to think that I did something poorly, that I handled something wrongly. Yeah. And one of the most important things for your kids to see is you repent and, and, and confess your mistake and be willing to, because if, if they don't see you repent, um, then they're not going to know what repentance is. At least they're certainly not going to know how to model it, what that looks like. So I, I, I hope, I hope my, my kids see me repenting to my wife a lot and repenting to them as well. Um, be just being being willing to admit that I really messed that situation up and that happens from time to time mm-hmm. because because they're messing up all the time they're messing up constantly and if we're not teaching them and modeling that you can be a man and still mess up in fact, the pathway to manhood is owning your mistakes that you're going to make mistakes, but when you do, this is what you should do. This is how you handle those mistakes um so I, I think very often we we desire for our, our our kids to have this view of us that is the 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 perfect dictator or the perfect father that yeah. makes no mistakes Yeah, when they can find that in God. i want to point them there, of course, in all things, but they're never going to find perfection in me. But instead, what they can find in me, hopefully, is an example of what it looks like to mess up and, and to mess up well.
0: Is there anything you do special with your kids that that's, like we had a guy who had three daughters, three or four daughters, three, who said he had daddy-daughter dates. Yeah. Is there anything you do one-on-one with your kids that you're intentionally doing? Yeah,
1: we, we, we try to do that, and w- one of the benefits, actually, of having our older boys at different schools is we get a lot of time in the car together, okay. where it's just us. Me and my oldest son, every morning, are together for at least 15 minutes, where we get to talk about the day, and, and what's going on, and all those things, and that's that's a wonderful thing. Um, we, we, we we also do the, you don't call them dates with the teenagers, or they get embarrassed, right? But we yeah. try to do those things where we set apart time for, um, for, for us to spend that one-on-one time with them, because they need that with me, and with their mother as well, and and, um, and again, like I, like I said earlier, the the older two need that all the more to still, even, even though we've had them 10 years or we've had them 10 years since they were four years old and still they, they, they need to be reminded constantly that we're, that we're for them mm-hmm. and constantly that we really do love them. And I know we've been there 10 years and, and given everything up for you, but we really do love you. We're really, been we're traumatized. Really for us. Of course. They've been traumatized. And that just shows how big of a deal that fatherlessness, not that that was their case that someone left, their father was there, but how big of a deal that is that, Um. that even 10 years after being, being there for so long that they're still struggling with those things.
0: Yeah. It's a, I I write a lot about trauma in my book and they, they develop a sense of heightened anxiety and alertness and just insecurity. And the only way that it can be overcome, the best treatment for trauma is just loving. Mm. What is the best thing about being a dad?
1: (laughs) What is the best thing about being a dad? I, I um. I said the other day that, at the, at this stage in my life, I, I work more than I have before, and I um. I mean, we have we have two boys, different schools, different schedules, and we got babies doing their own thing. We got a new baby coming, and and I don't have time for hobbies like I used to, and like I don't have time to do uh, stuff that I used to do. Just wait, until they're out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm right. Just take from experience, right. and like, and we're we're a month away from a from not sleeping anymore, and uh, that whole season again, and. That early in my life, when I was single, uh, or even married without kids, you know, I, I I got to do all the things that are supposed to make you happy. I got to sleep full hours of the night. I got to do hobbies like I wanted to. I got to work mm-hmm. some, but not a ton. Had had even though I made much less money, had more money to spend on myself than I do now. Oh yeah. And yet, incredibly, I'm f- I, I'm I w- I wouldn't go back for anything. Right? I wouldn't go back. For, I don't have any time for myself. I don't have I, my money gets spent on everybody else. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go back for anything to the world that's mm-hmm. supposed to be the world that makes you happy. And, um, and I, think, I, think, I think, again, that goes back because there's something, there's something so deep in us that says living for that sort of thing, living for other people. This is all humans, but I think it's especially true of men, that, that living for other people is uh, better and truer and more gratifying and more meaningful and more weighty uh, more beautiful than living for yourself, which is so much the culture of the day is mm-hmm. you live for yourself and you get what you can get and make yourself as happy as possible and, until you die. And what what doesn't make sense in that culture is is why in the world a person like me or a person like you for all those years was was ever happy, was ever joyful, because by every outside measurement that the world would give you, the things that are supposed to make us happy, we didn't have time for those things. Yeah. And we have burdens on us that that – were far heavier than anything we were carrying then and yet far more joy than when I was twenty and had nothing going on.
0: So I want to give you an opportunity to, to speak to your dad. You know, it's it's kinda of hard to do that in person mm. sometimes. You know, it's a little mo it's a little weird for a father and a son to Yeah. It's one of those we've, things about being a man. we we found that this setting is a good setting because you can look in that camera right there and, and, and we're hopefully you're, we think your dad's gonna watch this. I'm sure <laughs> he will at some yeah. point. And um you know, this is, this is just an opportunity. A lot of guys have thanked me for allowing them to do this. Mm. But I want to give you the chance to look in that camera and just speak a word of honor and thanks to your dad or whatever you want mm. to say. And I'm going to back up and let you talk.
1: Mm. Most of them cry, but I don't know if I'll get to it. Dad, you um, in a lot of ways for a lot of years lived, lived a, a, a thankless life where you – just pour it out of yourself for the sake of us. And I didn't I didn't realize that until until I had kids until they'd gotten older, all that you had given up for me and for Caleb and for all those that had the privilege of knowing you and being placed in your world by by the Father. And I it's hard for me to express even how much all those things mean to me now that I see a little better, and I know there's countless things for all those years that you never got thanked for, that we were totally unaware of, and um, I want to tell you thank you, and Caleb and I talk about it all the time, and about our desire just really to be a father like you were to us, and it's, it's, it's absolutely true that so much of my life, even on this side of adulthood and children at 33 is, is is really just hoping that I'm making you proud and that I'm being the kind of man and father and worker um, and friend that you want me to be. And uh, I, I, I know that you didn't always have the privileges that I had growing up and the sort of things that you worked very hard to give us, you and Mom, and... Um, there'll never be a time until i die that i stop living gratefully for you and I, th- I think about you and mom all the time daily and and the sacrifices you have made and my whole my whole understanding of, of parenthood and of living a sacrifice is just doing what i can to model what you've showed me for so long of of giving up everything for the sake of others and uh, i hope i hope that i'm I hope that I'm living a life that is in part of what you did for me and for all the young men that you have and women that you have come in contact with for all these years as a father and as a coach and as a grandfather now and hopefully many years to come. I I love you more than I, than I often can express in person. Um, and I'm more thankful for you than than almost anything, I, I realize deeply that you are one of the very greatest gifts that God has given me, and that in uh, one of the most important factors in my life that have made me the man that I am and the husband that I am. That everything, everything good in me has come through God's grace and very often through you and your hands and your words and your love and your kindness and your discipline. I thank you for all the times that I got frustrated with you or angry with the things that you were causing me to do or asking me to do uh, because you always knew better. And I I realize a little bit now how frustrating it is to be a father when you know you know better and the children that you love desperately just don't understand. And I'm sorry for those times. And I know you you understood then and knew that I would one day understand, but I, I do now. And I hope to live my life firstly, glorifying and honoring God but also glorifying and honoring you and the things you've done for me and the sacrifices you've made for me. I love you.
0: Thank you for being so vulnerable. That's tough. It's tough. And can I just tell you something? Of course. You'll never feel like you've said enough. Yeah, right. Uh, When you have a dad like you have and like I have, there's just no way to express how grateful you really are. What would you like for your kids to say about you one day? (laughs)
1: i hope I hope when my kids get older, whether I'm still here or not, that they that they are confident that I love them to the place that I was willing to pour out myself for them. I hope my kids know very deeply that i love I love their mother more than they could possibly imagine. I hope they see that in everything that I do. I hope they know that that I pick her over all things and I hope that they see and learn how to love their spouse by the way that my wife and I love each other. I hope they know that I always was and always will be for them. Even in the moments that are difficult, even the moments we fight and the moments where they don't understand the discipline that they are being given. I pray that years later that they... They become acutely aware of the sacrifices their mother has made for them, and the deep love that is really unable to be understood if you don't have children. Mm. We, we parents joke all the time, saying, "You know, one day you'll get paid back and get a get a kid like you." And um, the truth is, the only the only way we ever get to the place of, of understanding the kind of love in in a small part of what our parents had for us and, and by extension what the father has for us, what God has for us is, is having children. It's just, it's just different whether they're your own biologically or not. It's, it's a different and special kind of love. And, uh, I hope they get to feel that one day. I hope, hope they have the opportunity to choose even children that aren't their own. If the Lord places that in their path and do so with joy,
0: mm-hmm.
1: knowing that it was the most wonderful thing that happened to us and, uh, never regretting those things, the choices to sacrifice.
0: I hope they, I hope I hope your dreams come true. Me too. You know they, we can tell you what they would say right now, <laughs> <laughs> because we ask them.
1: Oh, is that right? That's and so terrifying.
0: We're gonna share that with you. So this is precious. Oh, jeez.
1: Okay, why are you thankful for Daddy? Because I love
0: him so much. And what do you like most about Daddy? Um, I like playing baseball inside with Daddy, and I like playing outside with Daddy. I like playing baseball. Wow. What is that? Um, Daddy was in his room, and he was not looking at me, and and I was under your bed. And and I came back out. Then he didn't see me again. Then I came back in. Then he came back out. Then he came back in. Then he came back out. Then he came back in. Oh then he came back out. You then, he came it? Back in, then he came back in. Then came back out. <laughs> Did you scare it? He well he didn't he didn't never look at me. Wow, it's a funny story, man. He was doing laundry backwards. <laughs>
1: I love Daddy because he loves me. Yeah. I love Daddy because he bounces us on the trampoline. The thing I like best about Dad is that he coached me in baseball, and I really appreciate that. Love you, Dad. I'm thankful for Dad because he takes care of me, and he comes to all my football games even when I don't play. Thanks for being awesome, Dad. I love you. Go Tigers. Love you, Dad. Dad. Hey, babe. Well,
0: never thought we'd have five children (laughs) for a 10-year anniversary,
1: Um, but here we are. And I just wanted to reach out and tell you how thankful we are for you. Um, You're a pretty awesome dad, even at the early age of 23. Um, You've just always been there for the boys. You've always supported them and loved them well. Um, led by example, and we're just so thankful for you. Even through the hard times,
0: um, you've been pretty amazing. So thanks for leading us so well. Thanks for leading
1: them so well and continuing to put us, um, just push us towards Christ. We're so thankful for that. We love you. (laughs) That's beautiful. uh, Yeah, it's always hilarious the teenage boys being forced to uh, communicate their feelings. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, some of the some of the most beautiful things are just those. Obviously, my son likes playing baseball. My youngest, I don't know if you picked it up in that video, are just those moments where they're just giggling and you're just laughing together, mm-hmm. and no, and nothing more is happening than that. And um, it's a beautiful thing. I, I, every time, every time we found out we were getting children, whether it be the first time with the boys or the next three times, it was, it, it was always daunting. And I always thought, how in the world are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. And uh, and yet, I, I I just I can't imagine life without any of them. We have a, a fifth one on the way, and it was the most daunting. We thought we were finished, and yet here we are. The Lord just continuing to put this on our plates, and um, and I can't wait for the same thing. It's it's uh, the idea of being a father is indeed a daunting thing, but it's it's a thing that I was made for, and that you were made for, and that. Um, has brought more joy and meaning to me than anything I could have accomplished. Right, hope to be in the major leagues or hope to be in the NFL or whatever. You know, I hoped as a teenager, no, nothing, nothing compares to the joy of being a father. And, uh, and it's 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 incredible anytime that your your children have a moment like that where they, where they express thankfulness to you. It's like I, I said to my dad a minute ago. I. I it, it it didn't cross my mind a whole lot in my life to thank him because I didn't realize all he was sacrificing for me. And and so it's true that in, in a lot of in a lot of life as a father, you will do things that will go unthanked. Um and so so the moment the moment that you that that, that any moment your children realize anything that you are doing for them and, and are thankful for that is uh, is incredible.
0: You know, I want to say something to the to the guy who is about to be a dad, or maybe he's a dad and he's left his kids. You're mm. missing out. Mm. I mean, I kept hearing you say joy. Mm. You found joy. Hey, man, if you're if you're not being a father to your kid, then you're you're kicking yourself in the rear. That's no doubt. I mean, you're 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 losing it. You're messing up. I mean, you can have these moments like Renee just had, and a fulfilling life and knowing that you poured into your kids so man go go find your kids Mm. go uh go back to their mother and say hey i Mm. I, you know if we can't be together i'd at least want to be a part of my kid's life if you don't you're not only are you really really messing them up if you don't but you're you're missing out a lot too guys absolutely yeah we're made for this this. thanks for today for coming absolutely thank you it was a joy great great time with you this will conclude this episode of That's My Dad, where we're inspiring fathers to be, become great dads and we're seeking to break cycles of generational fatherlessness. We hope you join us next week for another great interview.